Hey guys, uh, it's Tash here. Just a real quick one before we get into the uh, episode. I've got some really good news. Uh, the Agile Change Playbook is coming out very soon. It's now available for pre-order. Um, I have a copy on order and I cannot wait to get my hands on it. Uh, but that is not the best of the good news. So the good news is that Casa de Cambio listeners can get a discount using the code CDC10. You can get 10% off the price of the book. So um, you can go to the Agile Change Leadership Institute. I probably should point out that the book is authored by Dr. Jen Fram and Lee Ross, change management legends and friends of the podcast. So I'm very excited for this book. I've already been including it in all of the resource lists uh, for my Agile Change workshops. But yeah. Uh, if you go to the Agile Change Leadership Institute webpage, uh, the easiest way to get it is just Google Agile Change Playbook. It's the first result that comes up. Um, and yeah, use the code CDC10 for 10% off of the price. Thanks, guys. Welcome to Casa de Cambio. On this episode of Casa de Cambio, I'm very excited to be joined by Stu Neighbour, CEO Australia of Inspire Group. Welcome, Stu. Uh, thank you for having me. I'm oh. honoured to be here <laughs> in my own house. Thank you for having me. <laughs> um, so, how's your week been? Uh, it's been good, obviously. we're uh, It's a bit groundhog mm. at the moment. So, we're sort of go obviously going into um, some of the suburbs, going into lockdown, which kind of, even though they're saying... 10 suburbs I think it, it's kind of like everybody because you can't you don't want to be the dick and and yeah. you gotta and I think it's like everyone follow the rules they pretty much said look you know you guys it's like the naughty kids like you guys have got four weeks yeah to sort fly straight out. and Otherwise sort yourselves everyone's out or everyone's going to bed with no dessert yeah like it's um so I think and, and you can't just go you guys over there have to sort your stuff out I think everyone if you look deep down inside your soul, you can probably go, well, I could probably do that a little bit better. So it'll mm. be interesting to see what July brings, brings us in Victoria. I in know. Victoria and, and probably the wider country as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so one question I start with every guest who comes on Casa de Cambio is what are you currently watching, reading or listening to? Uh, oh, well, listening is to, or a, a couple of things and they're all, they all kind of bleed into each other. So I'm listening to... Um, Music-wise, so I, I bought a Telecaster. I've got a few guitars around the place. and nice. I bought a Tele the other day and I like tuned it to Open G um, so I can basically just play Keith Richards' <laughs> stuff because that's all Keith does is use one yeah. finger. And, I um, wore my Rolling Stones T-shirt today. Ro exactly, <laughs> I just noticed that. It was awesome. And so pretty much, yeah, so I've been listening to a bit of Early Stones and, and Black Crows and stuff because I can then yeah. um, I can play that, you know, learn to play that stuff. So I've been doing a bit of that, um, been listening to, yeah, plenty of sort of talk before about Mark Maron podcast, Sam Harris, uh, he's a, a <laughs> his podcasts are very sobering right now, mm. um, quite scary, but very sobering. And uh, Tim Ferriss, I listened to a Hugh Jackman podcast oh, yesterday. Oh, I'm halfway through that. Yeah, how good is it? Oh, it's, it's like an hour. I got and so many. Yeah. I got so many practical things out of it yeah. yesterday. Like I was the whole reading thing that he does in the morning, and and his daily design mantra, which I thought was really cool. Yeah, um, how he scores himself on how he thinks the day's going to be, and but there were lots of really um, 
pragmatic, practical things that he was sh- sharing that I was just like, and isn't this he is just the loveliest man oh. ever? <laughs> and it's not, and it's <laughs> not surprising. So, so nice, and it's not surprising to hear uh, that he wasn't, you know, graduated in journalism and investigative journalism was going to mm. be his thing because he speaks so well. Yes, and. And, and obviously hearing that his, you know, brother's a barrister and, and, and a very famous lawyer in Australia and they used to have full-on debates. And it sounded like a very high-achieving family very when high was talking about that. But don't, yeah, I think I've got about 45 minutes to go, so. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, so I, I listened to that yesterday. So the Tim Ferriss stuff's always good. I just, again, yeah. he's a very... He, I, s- I got the email and went, oh, my God, Hugh Jackman immediately put it on. Yeah, yeah he brings on really interesting people and, 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 I th- and, and what I like about him too, that he does really good research. Mm. So he really he really doesn't he digs deep on the people that he's going to speak to and ask them really mm. interesting questions that they haven't you know been asked before and then it sends people off down some really interesting paths so yeah um so that uh reading I've 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 got as you can see I've got qu- I've got a bit of a graphic novel collection mm, so yeah. um I'm reading a lot of uh I'm going through a one punch man series right now which is a, a okay. manga series and mm-hmm. and it's mind-blowing how good it is and there's a series called injection that i've um just been reading which is yeah just a a really cool idea of uh a bunch of people that are able to be basically looking to the future i'll I'll tell everyone what what this graphic novel is about it's quite cool but the whole idea is that uh some people the smartest people in the world have got together and they've worked out that basically the world's got a hundred years we're and we're done, and they've gone through all the algorithms, and they've worked mm. out we're basically done. Yeah, and then they've worked out well, and they've got, and of course, because it's a graphic novel and it's sort of comic-y, they've got a person in there that's able to sort of do a bit of magical stuff. Mm-hmm. And what happens is they go, well, let's create an AI, a thing, and we're going to Im- embody it, with, imbue it with a bit of magic, and we're going to inject it. That's why the series is called Injection. We're going to j- inject it into the internet. Ooh. And if we inject this thing into the internet, w- this future will be avoided. Oh! But of course, when they inject the thing in the internet, it becomes it's fully aware. It sounds and a bit Skynet Terminator. It is total Skynet Terminator. Yeah. I, I love I love dystopian cyber um, future stuff, and it's called yep. Injection, and it is so good. Um, and quite, I can see it happening. As yeah. I can see many things happening right now. But yeah, a lot of a lot of graphic novel reading and. Watching, um, I don't know, because of the time right now, you sort of go for some. I I I, I flick between uh, tough stuff or easy stuff like mm. um, Shit's Creek. I've been yeah. watching. <laughs> how good is it? How good is it? Oh my god, I love <laughs> it. Uh, Shit's Creek and I don't know lots of Seinfeld and things like that, but also yeah. um, documentaries like The Thirteenth that was yep. on yep. Netflix. I've started and watching that, but it actually was a bit much for me, and I had to. I'm going to have to go back and finish it at a different it time. Makes you very angry and sad at the same time. Um, but it's also very important to watch it, which so I will go back. But I, w- I think I was a bit like you. I started watching it because on the recommendation of a friend, and then I went, you know what? I actually don't know if I can handle this. I need to do a bit of a Shit's Creek or some Kath and Kim. Yeah, it's like <laughs> and I'll come back to that when I'm feeling a bit more. You know, it's like, like I'm the able hand- to receive that information. It's like The Handmaid's Tale. Like Ugh. you know, you what you watch that and you go, I guarantee there's a bunch of Republicans that were watching that series going, This, this looks is great. This is great. Let's so make let's take some notes. 
Yeah. Um, is this a documentary? This uh, is a policy document. <laughs> this is this is this is th- this is a great future. We need to design this. Um, well, Margaret Atwood, who is the author of The Handmaid's Tale, said that that the things that are happening in her book are happening in countries around the world now. Yeah. I can so remember. she says, yeah, like this, these things are happening. Probably not as extreme. But she said, yeah, like women who can't own property or they need to go out with a male chaperone, like a lot of the things are actually real. But, but the thing is, and too, when people, you know, the whole, you know, not as extreme, you can go very quickly to extreme. You can flick a switch, you know, yes. you, you look at the USA this year, you can, it, it doesn't take a lot to go to uh, to the edges of what yeah. you think would, would never would never happen. Um, well, even, yeah, look at us in Victoria. Like, I actually was having a little conversation with myself <laughs> about my views on authoritarianism and civil liberties because, you know, we've got a situation right now in Melbourne where some suburbs are in lockdown, people are refusing to take tests, and I'm finding myself going, well, like, thinking they need to stop overseas arrivals, they need to, you know, force people to test, but I know that there's issues around civil liberties, and I'm like, okay, well, how quick, like, we could very quickly become an authoritarian state. And I'm actually agreeing with it, even though I'm, you know, a bit of a lefty. So, yeah. yeah, It's it's really interesting to see how things can change. And and you ask people different questions, like if this happened, how would you feel? How do you feel about this? And, and and I think with anything, I think with, you know, with what New Zealand's done really well is just a lot of the stuff is like, depending on how well people follow your instructions or are open to it mm. it's how clearly are you communicating like are you yes. being really transparent like this is what we like like we know as much as you guys and we're going to let you know everything we know and we're going to brief we're going to do briefings daily and we're going to put it you know we're going to open the kimono kimono and we're going to put it all out there yep and i think the more you do that then you build that trust and that confidence and that feeling of safety mm. In your in your people, because it's like because you're being you're being vulnerable too. Going, look, we don't know this stuff. We don't know. Mm. We know as much as you guys. We've got some smart people here. They're yep. figuring this out. But this is what we know. And we're not going to hide anything. Mm. And I think if you take that approach and and be honest and be open to the stuff that you and you don't have to. I think there's that biggest danger that every politician feels that they have to answer a question, and that the worst thing you can say as a politician is I don't know. And I think that's something that needs to shift in society where mm. I want people to go, I don't know the answer to that. I'm going to go talk to some people and I can't answer that right now and I'm not going to give you a sound, but I'm sorry. Mm. And I think the more we um, celebrate um, people not knowing stuff mm. and being honest and open about it, then I think you're, you're coming from and a better okay place. And it's okay to not know the it's answer. Totally There's okay. a lot of power in that. Yeah. Who knows? No one knows right now. Um what this thing is, mm. you know, the, and, and whether there's going to be a vaccine in the future. But there's still so many unknowns about this thing. So for anyone mm. to sort of basically go, I know what this thing is, I know where it's come from, I know what it's doing, they don't, no one knows. The smartest people in the world don't know right now. Mm. Mm. And all the data that we have that, you know, gives us information about it is still so new that it's hard to analyse trends and it's mutating and changing all the time. So yeah. people think they know something and then they find out another piece of information that makes their previous assumptions null and void. So, yeah. Doesn't the, uh, don't the bushfires feel like they were two years ago? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember th- oh. yeah, feeling so bad about that and now it's and, – and I feel so bad for those towns because we were all supposed to be going and visiting those towns and supporting them and helping rebuild and now we're completely preoccupied with something else. Um, I've, I do feel quite – guilty about that even though there's not much I can do no um no. anyway that was a good chat um 
Another thing I ask all of the guests on Casa de Cambio is what is a piece of the well, what is the best career advice you ever received? Um, a good piece of advice <sighs> you'd like to share. I didn't. I was thinking about this. Uh, like, I haven't actually got. I've only been. You know, I've only ever received small bits of really good advice. I've had some. Sh- um, you know, if it comes to like managers and things like that, I've had some mm. shockers mm, <laughs> who same. gave me no advice. But did um, they teach you what not to do? Oh, they definitely taught yes. me what not to do. And I think one of the things is, um, and it's kind of, and, and it's a combination of that what not to do, um, is I think if you just, for, for, for me, it's always the best career advice is don't, don't think of it as a career. Mm. I think that can be quite daunting and, um, constricting at the same time. Um, for me, it's always just do the focus on the work, yep, and treat the work as your craft. Just like if you're a if you're a carpenter or and somebody who makes stuff, any whatever you do is your craft, and mm. treat it like your craft, and don't worry about anything else. Because as soon as you focus on the work, everything, all the politics, all the stuff that fills your brain and gets you going all over the place, just kind of disappears. So. Um, focus on the work and yeah and and career-wise too the other thing is for me has always been when it comes to finding people like know what you're looking for Mm. find that person and then get the out of their way and let them do the job you can you can swear as much as you like okay Okay, get the fuck out of their way (laughs) um but you know that's just that's often people often get in the, the if you can get out of your own way yeah, people a lot of people so get in their own way. Get in their own way all mm. the time, and that's when there's ego involved. But you know, it's but. But also imposter syndrome and self doubt. Oh. a lot of people come up with reasons why they can't do something, and it's like huge all the get time. Get in your and own and way and just do it. The the, the 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 craziest conversations we have every day is with ourselves in our own head. It's yeah. all <laughs> the time. Um, but yeah, I think for me, it's it's, and that's f- part of the for me. How do I? stop the vo- how do I quieten the voices down and how do I find the joy in what I do and it's just and it's just focus on the work yep. and you do the work and everything else disappears amazing that's amazing advice um so can you tell the listeners a little bit about your journey from a learning consultant instructional designer to CEO <sighs> um yeah I was I'll go back to so I, I, I in another life I was a teacher Wow. So I taught at a boys' school in Wellington, mm-hmm. in Wellington College in New Zealand. And I did that for um, three years. And then, as with many young teachers, you get spat out the other end because they mm. load you up with coach that team, be on that committee, do this, do this. And you've got, you know, you're teaching 180 boys a week. Um, and I still wanted to, I still wanted to sort of stay in education and sort of moving the adult thing and, and there's not really any there's like adult education diplomas but they're they're shockers right um and so you kind of just have to learn this thing yourself through um trial and experience and your own ideas around things and you read some good books out there and talk to some people so yeah i ended up just doing being a learning designer getting into um doing that in a couple of places like westpac and things like that in new zealand and then mm. yeah and then uh one of the guys that i knew in inspire group were looking for a we were doing a sort of six month project and they were looking for a learning designer and he mm-hmm. knew me from a few other things and I said oh yeah I'll come on in and um 
yeah, did that for a little bit and also sort of did a bit of riffing with clients on different ideas and my my boss, um, Dan Tuhill, still still my boss, the founder of the company, was just like, mm-hmm. Stu, how about you come on full time and we pay you less? And I was like, oh, okay, I'll that do that. That sounds amazing. That sounds amazing. <laughs> so, yeah, and then I sort of morphed, moved from sort of learning design into more of that sort of business development, looking after clients but still doing some sort of high-level ideation. And then, and then, yeah, I got a little bit, Groundhog Day board and yep. Dan was just like well do you want to go over to Australia and kick it off set it up get it going mm-hmm. and so I came over here in 2012 and and just started having good chats with people and found some awesome well, not really clients just connected with some really good people and it's I think it's the people that you do the work with not the organization and yep. just found some really like-minded people who wanted to blow shit up yeah and we've and didn't look back from there. So, and then just started finding awesome people that I knew could um, keep on doing what we we're doing. Amazing. What are some cool projects you've worked on for clients as part of your work with Inspire Group? Um, oh, look, I think it's yeah. There's some we, we get a, we get a chance. I think with different clients to really push things out in a different way. So we um, we did one thing with a one one thing with one of our clients cool stuff with uh with nbn and that was oh, around amazing. um you know that they had this idea you know it was a kind of around how do we get because nbn is such a beast in terms mm. of there's so many different parts of the business and 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 people are trying to figure out how does this whole thing work like where i work like all because mm. there's so many different elements um of what they do so we created this sort of like three-dimensional black and white moving city mm. with all the and things were like moving on the screen and things and as you as you dived into different parts of the city um and found out more about it you colored it in and then different things got activated so you ended up kind of coloring in and drawing a whole city um online to sort of and then you said and that was how you figured out what we called how it all connects like how does this all connect so you actually built the city went from black and white into color so that was quite cool um we did a thing recently with another client Laminex, which was around designing, we might end up turning this digital, but we did a, um, you know, it was around how do you doing doing a sales program. Now the 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 old traditional way is you go on a workshop mm. and your life just disappears in front of your eyes as you <laughs> get told the sales process and yeah. you do your role plays and then you go back to your job and we're like, well. Why don't we create a a board game? But in this case, we created a card game. So we created one almost like with the idea against of sort of cards against humanity. Oh, I love that. Um, but it was that idea of you know you get a you get a a challenge or you get something from a from a customer, and then everyone's got a bunch of cards in front of them, and they kind of everyone plays what they think would be the best one, and then everyone votes on which was the which is the best one. Mm. And, and why mm. and so and you could see just you know, light bulbs going off straight away and we've we've got yeah I think a lot of what we're trying to do is how do we get out of how do we get out of the traditional it's a workshop or it's an online module yes and if it's not either of those then we don't know what to do yeah and there's so many things that you can do that don't fit into either of those boxes well, that is a nice segue into my next question because I wanted to ask you what are some features of a good quality learning program? Oh, we could we could go for <laughs> hours on this. Um, 
where to start? Where to, what, do, what did I write down? The first thing that doesn't suck. Yeah. So much, so much, this is, and I've just gone on a bit of a rant here. So much learning. Um, there's a lot of learning out there that is really shit. Yeah. Uh, and the bar is low because people just don't know. The people and people's experience of learning um, is from school. Like that's your that's your that's yeah. your frame of reference. Is your uh, most people's frame of reference of learning is their own experience. Yeah. So school and what was school? Yeah, pretty boring. Bloody average for a lot of people. So you know you're Being very talked at. You're very taught. You're talked at. You have mm. very limited choice. There's zero autonomy. Mm. So you get often either by your parents they choose your subjects, or the subjects are just of there and you have no choice in them. You turn up to a room at a certain time. You sit at a desk person up the front basically talks content mm. um, at you and then at the end of a year they do an assessment to see how much basically can you remember and if you can remember if mm. you got if you got good if you got a good sort of memorization skills you're okay you know the, the, the thing that always at university you, <laughs> and and think about the kids so think about w- if you were in school if someone said miss how are we going to use this you yeah. got in trouble you were you were directly well, why are we doing this? Yeah, yeah, you 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 were you were being subversive because you were yeah. calling out the bullshit, which was I'm never going to use this, and you can't even tell me how I'm going to use this because the best learning is you got to use it. You know, if you if you it's like with any learning, if you do something and you don't use it within 72 hours, most of it's gone. So, you know, so a, a lot of and and universities the same. It's very much based on, um, you know, we're going to test you on. A lot of the stuff is still very much memory retention. So yeah. when people end up in organisations and they end up in the learning space, it's very much around that they they go with what they know. So for me, it's um, it's you know, learning is about how do we create some friction and some tension, mm. um, because it, there should be that. If you anything you've ever learned in your life that was worthwhile, it wasn't easy. Um, you you sucked at it at first. You made mistakes. So mm. a learning program should allow you the opportunity to stuff up and make mistakes. Um, a lot of learning is, and a lot of learning programs are still based on knowledge. Yeah. So they hit you with the knowledge, and then they think you're good to go. But you're mm. not good to go. It's like if I was learning guitar, I can read the notes, but I've got to practice it right. Mm. Because it's in the practicing of it, and I chunk it up into little bits when I practice it, and I and I mess up, and I mess up, and I mess up, and I and I reflect on it, and I go, okay, I need to work on that a little bit more. So a lot of learning programs don't do the practice; they they say they do, but they don't because mm. they don't design it. But they, mm. they go, you go back to work now, and apply that thing on the job. What if I don't know how to? Mm. What if the business hasn't been designed for me to apply this thing on the job? Mm. So I think as much as possible, good learning programs also have a combination of what I call macro and micro. So the micro is what's the stuff I need right now? Yep. Like it's not really learning, it's performance support stuff. It's in, in the moment. I just need this little thing and I need to mm. grab it. It needs to be easy and I can digest it and I can use it. Um, and that's kind of floating along the top. And now underneath the surface you might have some macro skills like we want you to get better at, you know, empathy. Now, empathy is not something like I'm not going to. I'm not going to do an, a book about I'm not going to do a module on empathy and go. Yeah, I've got empathy now. It's a practice. I need to, mm. and it's going to be uncomfortable, and and I need to go from something really simple, which could be I just want you to go outside and sit on a bench and watch people. You never watch people. All I want you to do right now for the next week is simply watch people, 
and then I'm going to get you to do something else. Then I'm going to get you to watch people and I'm going to get you to work out what you think they do. Yeah. And then I'm going to get you, yeah, you know, and you can build on each of those. But these, you know, this is something that takes a lot of time, and and that's where again a lot of a lot of learning programs are one and done. Mm. You know, it's here's some learning stuff. It's based on knowledge. We're all, we were either in a workshop together or you do some online modules, and then you go back to your job and you kind of forget about it. Mm. So, I think learning good good learning programs have that combination of we're going to give you some stuff. But we're going to get you to we're going to design and help you practice it and apply it, and we want you to make mistakes, and we're also going to show you, teach you how to reflect because no one teaches people, you know, when school didn't teach you how to reflect, they told you to think, but they didn't tell you how to reflect on something. So mm. people need to. That's a skill. It's a muscle. Uh, it's a muscle that people need to grow. So I think good learning programs also build in that kind of learning loop of what I call, you know, there's 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 some knowledge stuff and there's a practice or application of that thing. Um, and there's a reflection element, and they all kind of feed each other. So um, is that enough for a good learning program? That's heaps. Um, I wanted to ask you, you mentioned a couple of things there that I wanted to ask maybe for some guidance on because, I mean, as a change practitioner, I'm often uh, doing learning. Um, I'm often flying solo and you have to do everything from, you know, comms, learning stakeholder engagement and I've often been in a situation where I've got a learning budget but there is often time pressure and budgetary pressure as well as some of the uh, ingrained maybe uh, unconscious bias that you mentioned around people expecting it to be you know classroom like they have a specific idea in their head so I wanted to ask if you are a change manager or a program manager or a learning lead who's uh maybe got some expectations of a quick reference guide in an email. Yeah. Um, how can you encourage your leaders and your sponsors to invest in an exciting and interesting learning program? Because a challenge I often face is I'm under time pressure, I'm under budget pressure, and yep. you end up just going, oh, fuck it, I'll just do a quick reference guide again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, really good question. Um, I, th- I, think, I think it takes a village. And, and and a lot of the stuff you 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 need you need you or you sometimes you need is one person, mm. and so I think a lot of people they don't they don't know what they don't know. Yeah. So their experience is very much based on school, and again, so mm. their whole thing is like, well, we just need to we need to tick this box, and that's mm. the other challenge that a lot of businesses see learning as an expense rather than as an investment. Yeah. And it's a cultural thing, mm. so that culture needs to be changed. Now, you know. You're gonna have to be a pretty good change manager if you're gonna change the culture. It's yeah. a, that's a beast. But what you can do, I think, is you know what I often do is, what, as I said, once people have seen something, they can't unsee it. So I will also then take people through. Let me let me show you some learning, and let me break it down for you and deconstruct it as to why it's shit. Yeah. You might think this is good, but I'll show you a couple of bits now. Like I always say, if you want to see. If you want to know whether an online module is any good, go to the end and see if there's a if there's a multi choice quiz. Tells you it's shit straight away, <laughs> right? So that's the easiest test in the world. Doesn't have a multi choice quiz at the end of the online module. There you go. Don't do it. It's a complete waste of your time. And and what I find is that everyone needs somebody higher up who's got their back. Yeah. And sometimes all you and I, and I and I call these people why not people. All mm. you need is one why not person in the executive team on the strategy yeah. team that gets it. Like you take them through something and they go, "Holy shit, I can't unsee this now." Mm. And I'm looking at the value of this differently. And also their mindset is 
and I call them why not people because the why not person is just like, let's blow this shit up. Why not? Like, we're not yeah. going to do it this way. A why person is like, why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? Why this? Why this? Mm. Why this? So for me, sometimes it's around that stakeholder engagement because that's another thing that learning doesn't do very well that learning still op- operates very much in its own little silo. Mm. And they often operate in a silo because they're still seen as the order taker by the business. Yep. I will come to you and I will tell you I want this and this, and you'll say, yes, sir, thank you, and sir, you and you'll go away modules. and do it. Yeah. But when you when you find out, like, you know, is this tied to a business goal? Like, what are the business goals? Because if we don't know what the business goals are, we mm. it's a waste of time. Mm. So whatever someone asks you to do, go, cool, how is this going to help the business in this way? What Show me the linkage between that. And, and also then go, well, you know, again, when it comes to learning and whatever people want to do, you can have anything, but you can't have everything. Mm. So you can't have this and this and this and this. And sometimes it's like, well, let's let's try. And again, if you've got the right person on board, if you've got limited time, it's like, well, let's try something. Why don't we just do one thing yep. rather than do five things? Like, um, you know, Ron Swanson from um, Parks and Rec, you yeah. know, don't <laughs> don't half-ass two things, whole-ass one thing. Yeah. And so let's just do one, let's choose one piece of low-hanging fruit, but let's do it different. Yeah. And let's put it out there again. Like the be- the best thing that people don't often do is find out what is the what are the users like? What do they think about this? Do they want more of this? Do they want less of this? So why don't we build something really quick and make it different and subversive? And yep. that's a big thing that I'm more and more, um, have, and, and I've always sort of believed it, but I've sort of cottoned onto it even more. Learning needs to be subversive and it should be. Yeah, um, that's how prescriptive. That's how it needs. We we need we need to we need to get people to think differently and question and challenge authority and call things out and and so therefore, how do we design something really quickly and put it out there mm. and 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 be open and transparent? Going, hey, we're not we're not too sure about this thing. It's a little bit different, um, but we want to get your feedback straight away to tell us if we're on the right path. And you can do you can build these things you know within a week, and it can make a difference. So I think again that idea of you know, often go, you know, go away for three or six months and build a learning program and come back and go, ta-da, and everyone's mm. just like, what the hell's this? Like, mm. you know, and you're kind of working on in your own little b- bubble. Mm. That stuff just doesn't work. I think it's 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 aligning yourself and finding a like mind in the business and getting them to be an advocate on your behalf with a whole bunch of other people because they will now, you know, because uh, once you get it, you get it. And, and the... And then you try something and you be open with every, everyone that we're going to try some stuff that's different and we're going to see if it works. And some of it won't work and we're totally cool with that because yep. it's a you know, cliche. We will learn from that. It's very agile. I love that. Yeah. Mm. Um, and so you've mentioned a few things to avoid, like a quiz at the end of your e-learn and you know being boring. Are there any other pitfalls that you might want to look out for when designing a learning program. Oh, we could go for... <laughs> you mentioned a few things in your... We could go for a while on this one too. Um, the, the, the big thing, again, is it solving the problem? Yeah. Have you even asked what the problem is? And is the problem the problem? Like I, I say sometimes that yeah. someone will say, oh, we need to do... Um, we need all these people. I remember a client, and I'm not going to tell you who it is, but we had a client years ago, and and so they said... We want you to do a coaching program, uh-huh. and we want it for all of our the middle bunch. Yeah, and I said, uh, what What I'll do is if you can get me all all I want to do 
is, okay, we'll, we'll build you a program, but on this caveat. If you can get the executive team, senior leaders, in a room with me for a couple of hours, yeah, and I'm just going to write on the board, at company name, mm-hmm. coaching means yeah. dot, dot, dot. If they as a group can finish that sentence, yeah, that's part one. The next thing is I'm going to then give each of them one thing to do in the in the the next week, one one task, and then mm. they're going to come back and share it. You guys can do that. We'll build you a program. Yeah. Do you think they could even get no. the senior leaders in together in a room for an hour? No. No. no so so that's one of the one of the big challenges that often the problem that they the business thinks it's solving. Like a lot of a lot of the times it's you know I think a lot of leadership interventions don't work because the actual underlying issue is culture. Yeah. But no one wants to talk about that. They want to yeah, do... And, it's n- and training is a Band-Aid solution. Yeah. yeah it's, it's I, um, you, oh, sorry. sorry. <laughs> no, you go. I was going to say, um, as a change practitioner, I have a lot of uh, situations where it's usually after some training's been delivered and something's gone live or, you know, people are trying to adopt new ways of working, stakeholders will come to me and say, look, we need some training. And I go, well, what, what's going on? What's going on? And then they'll go. They'll explain a scenario, and I'm like, "So what you've just described to me is there's a process gap. So if we retrain that person, they're still not going to know what to do when this specific scenario comes up, and therefore they might do something, you know, make a mistake. So we actually need to work out what is the process." And they were like, oh, "And people get annoyed because they no. either go, oh, we need to send another email,' and I'm like, "I know that sounds like work now." Well, no, I've got this face on because I'm like, "So you sent an email." And the message didn't get across and your solution is to send another email. Yeah. <laughs> and it's the same with uh, training and learning. People go, oh, we just need, you know, this person needs a bit of training. It's like, well, what's the underlying root cause of this issue that we're experiencing? Because I'm willing to bet it's not a capability issue. It's probably something else. So, yeah, I'm, yeah, we, I, we, I'm definitely aligned with you. We had another client where we pretty, they pretty much said they, what they wanted a whole bunch of um, staff to go through a program and they pretty much said in one of the earlier meetings we 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 had a whole bunch of interviews with a whole bunch of people and they pretty much said then this is the staff said we don't need to do this training at all the problem is that manager there is a dick and he (laughs) is the so this guy if there's one person that needs the 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 training it's this i hate that when you have a whole team it's this leader really aimed at one person and they don't know and 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 the business of course is like going oh well you know they don't see it. They, they 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 saw a performance gap, and they saw the way a whole bunch of people were acting, and they yep. l- and they looked at them and said, "You need the training." Rather than going, "Is there a common denominator here?" Oh yeah, they all report that into that guy. Yeah. And and again, rather than look at what was the underlying issue, well, that person there either needs to go, mm. or they need a massive behavioural shift really mm. really quickly. But again, the easy solution was let's send these twenty people on a course, um, and that's what gives the learning industry a really bad name. Yeah, because then that course isn't effective. And people want they go, oh, that was that was poorly change managed or that and was know, that training was, wasn't very good. And everyone knows it's bullshit. They know yeah. you're sending me on a course it's basically I'm being punished yeah. for that person not yeah. being a good leader. Yeah. Um and that kind of stuff still goes on yeah. all over the place. Yeah. No, good. Um well it's not good, but it's good no. info. <laughs> um so what are some of the challenges that the learning industry is facing at the moment, apart from people being sent on courses <sighs> intended for one person? You're, get, you're, you're, you're getting me to rage now. Um, <laughs> gosh. Um, 
find this. I think there's there's a bunch of people out there. Oh, look! I'll, there's a bunch of snake oil salesmen mm. in every industry. In yeah. learning industry, in learning industry, has a bunch of them, and they're oh, out, yeah. and they're out there um, pushing stuff that's not based on science. They're they'll out take there. Your money. They're taking mm. your money. They're 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 selling. You know, they're either a one man can one woman consultancy that's just selling this program, this thing. That but you know, it's of they don't know what they're doing, and a lot of these people, um, you know, some people that I know when they were inside organizations they couldn't do any of the stuff yeah they couldn't they couldn't affect change mm. it's only change experts when they leave the organization yeah. it's amazing isn't it amazing how when someone's outside of the organization they're now an expert in the thing that they were never actually able to do mm. when they were inside the business so that is that's a challenge um and i and i, and I think there's a it's still th- one of the big challenges of the learning industry is that we still, and I talked about this with a guy the other week, we have a real image problem. We don't, I don't think learning still f- sometimes knows what its job is mm. and, and what, what's our, what's the learning industry's purpose. Because the challenge is learning in a lot of organisations is still compliance. Yeah. So it sits on the, any learning sits on the LMS. Mm. So it's already, I, I say the LMS is where good learning goes to die a lot yeah. of the times because it's all compliance mm. and it's and it's all content and it's quizzes and it's tests and assessments. And that's why when you ask a lot of people in businesses, hey, you've got to do some learning, you can see them go, oh, Ugh. no. Because this is going to be... And, and I do that and I'm a change professional. And, and I, I know. Go, oh, and you're people, gonna be, no, I don't want to go on that course. Oh. It's, and people, you know, if there's online stuff, they'll pile it all up to the end of the month and they'll just knock oh, it yeah. out in one go because it's like, again... And click next, 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 a, next. It's, you know, this is compliance and it's and mm. learning is punishment. Yeah. And I think learning has to look at going, we have... We're not helping ourselves here. Like the education sector hasn't helped us anyway through through the way schools and universities work. But we need to look at what's our purpose. Why do we exist? And right now, we are the order takers, and and a lot of what we do is compliance. And mm. how do we, if we, you know, at Inspire Group, you know, we have this. We, we say better learning changes lives. Yeah. Like you, you. Every time you learn something, your brain physically changes. Yeah, and so, as Spider Man says, with the great power comes great responsibility. So if I can physically change someone's brain mm. through designing a learning experience, shouldn't I make that pretty fucking awesome then? Yeah, and and change it for the better. Like if I'm giving, if I'm giving someone the skills or or something else in their toolkit that means they can have better conversations with their kids mm. or their wife or their husband or their brother or the sister, and they mm. can, and if I can get, shift someone. So their life is better. Why would you waste your time on just doing a reading, click and next on on a topic that didn't even have to be learning? Like that's just information, man. Like you didn't need to create a learning thing. That's just content. Like I, mm. I say a lot of the time, um, Google solved this thing years ago. Yeah, it's all free. It's all out there. Mm. You know, I can I can type in any word, any course, any book. Like it's all there. And so if all the knowledge is there. And all the content is there. Why would you just basically take that content and put it into your brand, and have someone mm. now read through it and then do a test to see if they can remember it? It just seems like a waste of time to me. So, mm. um, and it's actually not really that cheap to put together an e-learning oh no. module. Like 
it's not like that's the cheap option and that's you know the way it is because it's low cost. It's not. No, it's it's you know good. It takes a lot of time to do an in. Sorry. No, no, <laughs> and, and it it does take a lot of time. So therefore, if it, if you're paying money and it takes time, yeah. Don't you want to n- not create something that I could basically Google? Don't you want to create something where you throw me in the deep end? And you throw me straight into a story, and yeah. I'm making decisions, and I'm yeah. getting immediate feedback, and yeah. it, and and it's uncomfortable, and and there's stuff that I can practice straight away in my job. Um, but learning, you know, the learning industry itself, there are some awesome people out there that are doing great work, but there's a bunch of cowboys yeah. um, that don't give the industry a good name, and I think the industry needs to um, run them out of town. Yeah, yeah. And but mind. the more, but the more and more people, the, this will happen through people. When when you when you learn, when you see something, you can't unsee it. And the more people that recognise what good learning is, they'll start calling out the bullshit yeah. and going like, "Why am I doing this two day course? So look look at all this content. I can Google this stuff right now. Here it is. It's in this book. Mm. So therefore, if you're going to throw me in a room, throw me in a room. Like shake it up. Take away all the tables and chairs. Put a timer on the yeah. wall. Say so basically, you got thirty minutes, and we're gonna, you're gonna die. Like you know, <laughs> like but make make me sweat, make me really think, make me do stuff. But mm. um, don't just, don't give me, don't give me a workbook and yeah, have someone up, and, and and have someone up the front with a PowerPoint slide because mm. that's school. Yeah. And how much of school do we remember? Not a lot. Not that much. No, that's all good advice. And um, for the listeners who might be working in learning maybe they're learning consultants or instructional designers do you have any advice for them on what some hot core skills uh, they should be looking at or ups, you know trying to teach themselves about to be more relevant um oh look i think there's there's a bunch of um you know there's plenty of there's plenty of good good books out there that you can read but i think that i think having curiosity yeah and being curious about stuff and 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 having real empathy for your audience and really finding out if someone says, oh, this is a problem, go, like actually go to the who the end user is and see what they do. And because the, they might go, I understand that, blah, blah, blah. And they go, nah, it's not that. Yeah. Because a lot of people on the front line know where the gaps are. They know yeah. we've got a real issue here, we've yeah. got a real issue here. So, But often they no one ever talks to them. So go, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure, sure, get your, get talk to your project sponsor and all yeah. sorts of stuff. But man, go spend time on the front line. Spend time yeah. with real people yeah. and find out where is your pain point, um, and and w- what do you perceive as the biggest gaps that are holding this business back, mm. um, and and be subversive in yeah. your learning design. Like, how do you, um, you know, how do we get people to be better at critical thinking, and how do we mm. get people to question the the structures that the business has been set up that everyone um, assumes is the way things have to be around here. How do you get people to start questioning those things mm. uh, and give them and and give them the tools to do something about it? But bring in, you know, in, in your learning design, sh- you know, shake it up. Like I said, bring some friction and tension and satire. Um, mm. You know, be subversive in your design because what you'll do is you'll get a reaction. Yeah. Um, either way, what you want from learning is there to be some kind of reaction rather than just, oh, God, when will this be over? Mm. And and basically people almost time travelling and not paying attention to the thing that you're creating. If anyone switches off, it's just a poor design job um, mm. that you've done. You want to get a visceral reaction from people and you can do that by, you know, 
being subversive and trying to push some buttons and yeah. and but mostly and, and experiment. Yeah. Um, be open to and, and push for experimentation, like get MVPs out there, just the same as in change and things yeah. like can we what what prototypes can we get out there really quickly mm. to a core group of people and genuinely find out from them what they think. Yeah. And whether they want more or less of that. And then and and whatever they say goes. Yeah. Like you can't argue with that. Correct. Yeah. No, that's amazing. Amazing advice. Thank you. Um, and is there anything that you'd like to uh, tell the listeners about in regards to Inspire Group and what they're doing or anything you've got coming up with that? Oh, I'm not much of a – I'm not much – look, look the, you know, like, like I said, our, our, our motto or our, our vision, you know, is that better learning is life-changing. And, and, you know, and I, and I like, you know, we've got some really good people that do want to push the boat out and try some different stuff and – and I think with anybody that's doing learning, you know, I think it's just simply looking at the learning that you've got and going, does it, how do I feel when I look at this stuff? Does it, does it make me sad mm. when I look at the learning or am I really proud of it? And is it, um, is it pushing some buttons and it's, is it solving some problems? Is it solving real problems? And, and, or, you know, and, and always whoever you're working with, really ask them, I always sort of say when you're when you're talking with learning people, just start peeling the onion on them. Mm. I say, what's your opinion on this? What do you think about this? Mm. How would you guys work out? I think this is the problem, but it might not be the problem. How would you work out what the problem is? You'll see really quickly deer in the headlights because what what a snake oil mm. salesman doesn't want is you asking questions about the craft because oh, for me yeah, again, I've been there. It's the same with change. You know, mm. the people that are really uh, fantastic practitioners of change. It's their craft. Mm. They love it. They they, they love talking about they it. Love they love talking about, about it. it. They have podcasts <laughs> about it. They breathe this stuff. They read this stuff. They follow the best change people in the world. Yeah, because they know that if they get put into a position where they're you know where they're talking with someone and that person is really interested in their thing and they're going to start peeling the onion on them mm. they know that you're going to go really deep yeah. and they're going cool I can work with you because you know your shit yeah. and and it doesn't matter if plan A or plan B or plan C or plan D happens you've got me you're good yeah. the same with learning like peel the onion on your learning people and see how deep then their whole not their experience and their knowledge goes and if they're pretty shallow then you know, have a look around because there's a lot of there's a lot of good learning people out there that go really deep mm. and and can design some really cool stuff and blow shit up. And I think want to design cool stuff. Yeah. You know? Like I think we're probably in the same boat where there are a lot of old school expectations on us and stuff, but I want to be over there doing the really cool things. I don't want to be writing emails. Yeah. Everyone <laughs> yeah. Everyone wants to do the cool yeah. stuff and, and I don't want to be in Captivate all day. Well oh, some people do actually. Some I, people I, love it. I definitely don't want to be in Captivate all day. <laughs> it's um but yeah, everyone wants to work on cool projects. The yeah. same with you know, with change gigs. Everyone wants to work on cool stuff and everyone wants to make a difference. Mm. And and it's and it's making sure, like I said, that, you know, learning has an opportunity to to really change um, people and change cultures for the better. So take that shit seriously and and don't treat it like an expense. Like you're investing, mm. you know, the, you're investing in people, um, mm. and especially during this time, like really invest in the people you've got because you're mm. gonna, you know, the re- the reality is going forward. You know, you you're gonna have, you need to grow the people that you've got and grow yeah. them in the ways that you want them to go. But you've got to know what are the skills that you're going to need in the future and how are you going to mm. grow that. And it's not going to be, it's not going to be getting them to read a workbook. Yeah, I read a quote and I can't remember who it's from, but I'll 
Google it later and put it in the show notes. Somebody said, well, when if you're arguing about the cost of, you know, training and, and coaching and upskilling your employees, what's the cost of not doing that? Yeah. 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 And and you and you're already you're focusing on the wrong things. Mm. Because then you're going to have a whole bunch of people who have not had any learning or upskilling and they've been hanging around for ages. Because bu- businesses spend money, lots of money, every day on yeah. so many things yeah. that no one knows about. Mm-hmm. Um, but this stuff is the, you know, this is the important stuff um, when it comes to learning, when it comes to change. This is the stuff that really impacts people. So take that shit seriously. Mm. Well... I think we'll wrap up on that. It's very profound. Um, Stu, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast and thank you so much for generously sharing all of your information and advice. Thank you for inviting me, Tash. Um, It was lovely meeting you and and, and talking today. So thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.